0: Welcome to the British Chamber of Commerce Singapore's podcast channel. We're excited to bring you season three of new episodes featuring in-depth content across Singapore, ASEAN and the United Kingdom. We've had some extraordinary guests on our channel, including Formula One's Claire Williams. I'm a firm believer that any great team, any successful team, has a great culture flowing through it. You aren't successful if you don't. So we put a lot of work into this. Renowned mountaineer Kenton cool That 2019 there with a client, a big storm came in and literally destroyed Camp 2. And I've got some video footage of Sherpas like trying to hold on to the tent fabric as it blows away. And, the Royal Navy's Commodore Steve Morehouse, Commander of the UK Carrier Strike Group.
1: The squadron of F-35 aircraft we have on board is the Royal Air Force Squadron, and the personnel on there are drawn from both the Navy and the Air Force, so what better way of, of showing the efficiency and the joined-up nature that we now have.
0: And distinguished Sky News anchor Jeremy Thompson.
1: We had two little vans with satellite links, and we, le- we leapfrogged up the road to Pristina the capital uh, throughout that first day with non-stop coverage from basically inside a war zone.
0: We also sit down with the likes of TikTok, Twitch and Twitter and continue to bring you conversations around business and trade, leadership with people, sustainability, sports and arts and much, much more. Thank you as always for your support and we hope you enjoy this podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to this session brought to you by the British Chamber of Commerce in Singapore. My name is David Kelly and I'm the Executive Director here at the Chamber and I'm delighted to be joined by the Chair of our Healthcare and Life Science Committee, Sigal Atsman. Um, in her day job, Sigal is President and CEO of Medics Global, who deliver impactful responses to any health need through life. Joining Sigal with me is John Natsopoulos, one of our superb committee members within our healthcare and life science uh, business committee as well. Uh, John, in his day job, is the CEO of Expat Insurance, who have um, been voted Insurance Broker of the Year for the last four years by Insurance Asia. So congratulations uh, to you, John. And Both my guests today have been hugely committed, together with the rest of the wider committee, to produce a truly excellent report on mental wellness, um, which we're delighted to launch uh, this week as part of Mental Health Week and a very, very warm welcome to you both. And thanks so much for joining us. I've got some questions for both of you because it's a really, really interesting report. And perhaps Segal, I can start with you. And the report that the committee's produced, it's hugely detailed. It's a really, really wonderful report. And why is this such an important topic that the committee wanted to address?
2: Hi, David. Hi, John. And hi to everyone that's listening in today. First of all, it's, it's a big pleasure. And, and actually, I'm really proud to doing this podcast and sharing and, and discussing this mental health issue that we've all been dealing with. Um, and I feel it's so important. Well, well, to your question, David, I, I, I think we all know that the COVID-19 pandemic has really had such a huge impact, both on our physical, but also on our mental health. So huge across all different ages and and life cycle moments, from children to to adults and really the aging population. And it's so huge, in fact, that we felt, A, it is so important to be addressed because physical health is always addressed if it's governments, if it's insurers, if it's employers, if it's within the family. But there is such a stigma and still so much silence around mental health. And not only do we feel this is such an important topic that has taken a toll on productivity, on day-to-day life, on the way people connect to each other, on on the way they wake up in the morning, be able to function, go to work, and even have just simple relationships, that we created this white paper with a lot of joint effort between a lot of different um, stakeholders and trust me it's detailed but it's not just going to be one use um one white paper i think we'll get a few different white papers where we share information that i hope will be really useful for different stakeholders in singapore and across asia
1: oh super and sigal i mean just sticking with you you you've you've built a really impressive business in in medics global um you see a lot of sort of health trends um that are that, that, are, that are happening at the moment what 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 trends do you see pertaining to to mental health? And and do you feel enough is being done?
2: The answer is straightforward, no. Um, More efforts are being done, but not enough efforts are there. And, And different stakeholders really don't have the solutions for this problem yet. The pandemic has highlighted the risk factors for mental health. We see the outcomes, we see the impact. It has really amplified existing conditions. And it goes and impacts healthy people and clearly also people that are less healthy and are are dealing with serious medical conditions. And as part of Medics Global, we have seen how difficult it is to cope with mental health when you have a physical issue, but clearly when you're healthy. And suddenly with this pandemic, we see amplified anxiety, depression, um, so much stress levels, new stress levels that we have not heard even before it has become much more complicated to manage. And it demonstrated how, on one side, resilient human beings are, but how they need help. And the help has to come from different players in the market. It has to come through financial support, meaning uh, insurers need to cover way more than what they do today. We need to have more risk assessment tools if it's true insurers, and employers, and to our, our existing support systems, if it's the GP or specialist care. So we need really solutions from finances to risk mapping, understanding. We need education. We need teachers. We need people to speak about it at home, in schools, with early age children, with grown-ups, with with teenagers, and all the way through universities and at work. Why isn't this a topic that is, on a regular basis, discussed at work? Has this been measured? Is mental health measured on a regular basis within uh, the workforce? And what is, what is done by, employer, by employers for their employees? In my opinion, definitely not enough. And I, I really believe that this white paper gives the tools to understand it better, to talk about it more, and to hopefully drive more action.
1: Oh, super! I mean, you make some really, really interesting points there, Seagal. And and you you mentioned you mentioned finance as well. John, just turning to you, an impressive part of the report covers a sort of one of the missing jigsaw pieces in terms of insurance. What what, what is the current state of play uh, in this regard, and where where are you seeing sort of the gaps in the insurance market to address this?
3: Thank you. Uh, great question, David. And uh, thank you for having me on on this podcast. And hi, Seagal. Nice to be here with you. Um when it comes to mental health, globally the insurance sector is playing catch up. As we become more and more aware of the prevalence of mental health issues in the community, we are we're realizing that gaps exist in insurance products and insurance services. Now let's, now let's not be critical of the insurance companies because this is a new area for them. They don't have the data, they don't have the treatment experience to correct correctly assess the risk and therefore price the premiums. We've been treating cancer for years. We've been treating um, heart disease for years. So that information's there. But insurance companies are playing catch-up in trying to get that information together. So in comparison, there is very little known about mental health. So so as Siddharth said earlier, one of the biggest hurdles we've got to get over is um, stigma. So where are the gaps? The gaps exist in in the early treatment of mental health with counsellors and and psychologists. They're not seen as medical professionals, so insurance doesn't cover that. Insurance doesn't fully cover the inpatient treatment um, for hospitalisation or pharmaceuticals, and it doesn't adequately cover the treatment um, post-hospitalisation and post-discharge. So that's where the gaps are, and that's where insurance companies have to catch up and provide much more adequate cover.
1: So, so clearly, there, there is more to be done. And, and, and thank you. That, that, that's that, that's really good insight as well. How how can businesses and the medical insurance market work better together? What, what's what's come out of this report that sort of can help sort of gel the insurance market and businesses together?
3: We could do a whole hour just on this question, David, uh, but let me, let me give you five key points. Firstly, employers have to address the issue of stigma. We've got to start treating mental health the same way we treat physical health and eliminate the ignorance around mental health and improve awareness. Secondly, employers should look at their employee benefit plan. What kind of cover, what kind of benefits are they providing? And what we're seeing now more and more employee assistance programs being provided by employers. I have one for our staff, and it is quite cheap, and for $6 per person per week, I provide that early detection and that early cover that's required. Three, employees should introduce things like mental health days. Make people aware that it's okay to have an issue and that they can address it. Include your broker, include your insurer, include a psychologist, but create that environment, that safe environment for people so they can feel comfortable to talk about about it. Fourth thing they could do is embrace the changes that the government is starting to introduce. Uh, The the task force, the Mental Wellness Task Force, has come out with some great recommendations and the government recently released its recommendations around what they're going to do. And employers should embrace those recommendations and introduce mental health champions in the workforce. And the the last thing that employers should do is work with their insurance companies. Look at creating an environment where people will get mental health uh, assessments, mental health screening. This will provide great feedback, anonymous feedback, because there will be no names around it, but great feedback in where the issues are and what an employer can do to help Improve
1: that workplace environment. I th- thank John. I really, I really, I really like those five elements around stigma, around a benefit plan, around the uh, mental health days, around um, you know embracing the government changes, and, and, and working with the insurer. It sounds like some really, really good, really good practical steps there. And a, a sort of a question, question for you both. Um, and perhaps I can answer uh, ask this to Seagal first, but. Mental health or mental well-being, it is a sensitive topic, isn't it? And many countries, cultures and indeed businesses do behave differently. Clearly, the committee, uh, our, our healthcare and life science um, uh, committee, feels extremely passionate about providing a guide for businesses to support their employees. Um, just picking up some of John's points there as well. What, what trends are you both seeing in Singapore and more globally around, around businesses providing that support for employees? Perhaps, Sigal, I can start with you.
2: Yes, sure. Well, this is exactly what I wanted to add to John's um, important sharing, is if our listeners out there, and we all agree that Singapore is a great place to live in um, with a very good quality of life, but if they do think that, oh, well, mental health in Singapore is not a big issue, I would like to shatter that with some data. And if, if I would ask you, and I'll maybe just give the number, What percentage of Singaporeans actually feel emotionally disengaged from their work? And is the level higher than than in the rest of Southeast Asia? The answer is absolutely. Globally, the number is 79% of people feel emotionally disengaged from work. You wouldn't expect Singapore numbers to be higher, but they are. In Singapore, 87% of people feel emotionally disengaged from their work clearly very high numbers have felt that 2021 has been a very very stressful year but this is something that we need to address 62% are experiencing in singapore signs of burnout if you compare that to the us uh, sorry to the uk we're only at 54% so 62 versus 54 that's still a big difference senior leaders thinking of leaving their work and their role, their executive positions, 80% in Singapore, something must be going wrong. People don't feel they can disconnect, switch off, life-work violence is not in the place they expect. They are tired post-pandemic. So we see an upwards-going trend of mental health issues. We see not enough discussions, as John has has mentioned, at the workplace. And And one of the biggest, trends that we see, but needs to be pushed even further, David and and John, is digitalization. If we want to deal with stigma, people need to feel the accessibility, the capability of accessing initial solutions related to their mental health. If it's triaging, mapping the risks, understanding their situation. Am I just blue? Am I suffering from depression? anxiety attacks, what kind of therapist should I see? Should I just exercise a bit more or get out and have a bit of sun or a holiday? Should I go to a, a a, a psychologist, a therapist, or should I go and see a psychiatrist or a combination? So it's first of all, accessing digital tools from the comfort, the safety, and the anonymity of your home When you're just with yourself, with your mobile phone or on your laptop, accessing those questionnaires that reflect, that mirror what you're feeling and give you an answer of what your situation is, what your risk is, and what is recommended for you. And then it's going out for the first time maybe and reaching out to someone online. There are today a lot of solutions, digital solutions that provide therapy, that provide um, coaching support systems. And then if needed, you can get into your car, drive, seek a parking, and get into a clinic. But there are small steps that need to be done and they need to be easily accessible and very, very easily financed through your insurer or by reimbursement or by special plans if you don't want it to be open with your employer or your insurer. We need to make it easy, anonymous, and simple i think these are key issues so digitalization and realizing that mental health is a very big issue
1: i like that. i really like that that digitalization and realization as well from a, from a business perspective john how about how about you what what trends are you seeing uh, both in singapore and more globally
3: uh david let me let me focus on singapore cuz we're here and this is and this is yeah. what we we're, we're looking, focusing on if I look at, if I go back to the beginning of 2020, Singapore is one of the leading economies, especially um, in terms of GDP in the world. But when you look at its treatment of mental health, it's a long way behind the other leading economies. There's a lack of awareness in education by employers. There's stigma. There's uncoordinated and confusing online services that contribute to a lack of confidence. Um, The mental health task force found that 33%, one in three people in Singapore, didn't know there was online support. And only 15% would actually seek help. Um, There's not enough medical medical professionals in Singapore. Uh, When you compare the numbers to the World Health Organization's Atlas Report, which was published in 2020. We only just have the, the right number of psychologists. We've got half the psychiatrists and we've got a quarter of the mental health nurses that we require. Fast forward to the 10th of October in 2020, which was Mental Health Day in 2020, and our Prime Minister, Mr Lee Hsien Lung, made an address to the people. And he started off by saying mental health is essential in our overall well-being. He went on in that statement to say, ensuring access to quality mental health care for every citizen is a major priority for us. All of a sudden, mental health is now in the spotlight in Singapore. We had the Mental Wellness Task Force, which, uh, redu- which produced its report in October last year with some great recommendations. The government has picked up on those and come out with its recommendations and earlier this year in May started a public consultation which ran for three months till August to look at those recommendations. If Singapore adopts those recommendations and improves the number of mental health professionals to be in line with other leading economies, Singapore will become a global leader in mental health. So I'm heartened by what the government is doing if employers pick up the ball and run with it, if insurers pick up the ball and run with it, you will find the, the environment, the mental health uh, ecosystem in here in Singapore will improve dramatically. Still won't be the lead, still will need to learn from others in terms of digital support, in terms of community support, but it's a major stride what's happening in the last two years.
1: Really good to hear uh, what Singapore's doing from you, John, and, and also those those comparison stats from 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 Seagal. Um, I guess just sort of sticking with you both, um, how how do you both feel businesses should seek to address mental well being of their employees? I mean, it, it it can be a it can be a tricky thing to address from a, from a business perspective. Have you have you sort of got any thoughts um, on 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 how businesses can can seek to address the mental well well being of, of of their people? Um, Pat Sigal, I can start with you on that one.
2: Sure. Well, to start with, small and simple actions. Talk about it. Have as part of, of of every business, HR team, there needs to be a person that's responsible not for just what I feel is such a transactional perspective of the role, employee benefits. It's not just about employee benefits. It's not a it's not a bonus. It's part of an employer's responsibility, social responsibility towards the society and towards its own business to have, in my opinion, someone that is really responsible for the physical and mental well-being of the employee, all the employees. So clearly, it's not employee benefits. What are we paying out as part of a financial or very transactional relationship? It's about how do we address our people's physical and emotional well-being to start with. And that has to go in one package. The openness, the willingness to discuss um, uh, physical and mental health needs to be equal. Let's take just for as an example, if someone has got for this, uh, got for a bit cancer, the whole company would get together, will, there will be support systems, people will help them when they go to the hospital, when they're back home, there would be so much done, right? What happens when someone is feeling burned out or depression? Quiet. So I think we need to have emotional and physical health buddies, support systems, and when someone goes to a hard time, whether his parent died or, or got ill or he's just burned out or depressed or has anxiety issues because he's scared of what the future is going to hold for him, that's where the company just as people can come together, talk about it, and say, it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to not to be okay alone. We're going to pull through this together. So first of all, openness. Talk about it. It's okay not to be okay. And then we need those support systems um, that enable accessibility, affordability, and quality solutions for mental health. If it's true different wellness activities, if it's through therapy, accessibility and financing, if it's psychiatry, a combination. And it's about measuring tangible outcomes. It's not just about talking about it. And accessibility, it's education, talking about it. Accessibility, but also monitoring. How does it work? Is it going well? Did we match the right person for you? Or should we find another solution? Are you improving? And if not, let's help you out. Just a whole long list of things. Small steps in the beginning can take us really far. That's my take on it.
1: Oh, super, Sigal. And and, and John, have you got any builds on that yourself? Yeah, um, I'll be quite simple and short. For, For me, for businesses, they should
3: address the issue of mental health head on and be proactive. They should look to education to eliminate ignorance. They should look at zero tolerance to discrimination. Sing one of the beautiful things about Singapore, it does not tolerate discrimination, whether it's gender, religion or race, and it should be the same thing with mental health. Employers and businesses should review their level of benefits and look to to include employee assistance programs. And finally, employers should be, I said they should be proactive. They should have mental health days for large employers, mental health weeks. Look at how simple things can alleviate stress. For an example, with one of our clients who had a a big uh, workplace with gardens, we showed them, we took people on 10 minute walks. They're They're in their work clothes, just slow 10 minute walks around the, the property, stopping to stretch and allowing them to just decompress, get away from their desk, get away from the computer, get away from the phone from five or 10 minutes and just absorb and decompress. Simple things like that go a long way to stopping mental health issues at their infancy before they become major issues.
1: If I may add to
2: that, John, I, I, I fully agree. If I just may add one little thing. I think that introducing more kindness, kind leadership, and improving the soft skills of our top leaders in Singapore that are heading those businesses would be a tremendous support to improving the mental health and reducing the stress levels and the burnout levels in Singapore. And I think this is also something that needs to be addressed leadership through kindness leadership with a little bit more soft skills and and a deeper understanding of of the human side and and what people actually feel
1: and and, and being you know the impact of being a leader as well i think sagal I think, I think that's a, a, a really good point to add what i mean it really, this has been a really really great conversation in terms of um you know, looking at that digitalization piece, looking at the realisation, you know, reducing that stigma, thinking about a benefit plan for employees, looking at mental health days. just some really great advice in the conversation we've just had. Um, clearly, the, the report is is ex, it's extremely good. Um, and I sort of implore everybody to sort of download it. Um, just... What do you both feel, sort of in closing, are sort of the main takeaways from, from the report? Because yeah, there, there's going to be large businesses out there that are going to be reading it in one way. There's going to be smaller businesses that, have, that, that are going to be operating in a different way. Um, what, what do you feel are sort of the top two or three takeaways that, that people should take away from the report? Um, perhaps, Sligal, perhaps, I can start with you again.
2: Well, tagline, very simple. Small country, maybe. Great country, maybe. But dealing with a big problem. Realize it. Plan deal with it reach out to stakeholders let's get all together and work at this together as a nation and make mental health a much better situation in singapore we can do this we have the tools to do this we have the finances we have the leadership we just need to stand up and face it and i think we can
1: how about you how about you john any sort of final final remarks in terms of the report any any sort of key takeaways yeah, for me, the key takeaway
3: and all the work that um, I've looked at in preparing this report, in helping to prepare this report, to me, the biggest issue is stigma. We get by that stigma, then we can have the proper conversation to deal with the issues. That will minimise the impact on employers. That will minimise the, the drain on medical um, uh, facilities and hospitals, and it will reduce the cost for insurance. And the second thing I'll say, and I'll, and I'll echo something uh, Seagal said earlier, it's okay not to be okay.
2: It's just not okay to not be okay alone. That's it. And we have thank to you. all come together and work at it.
1: Thank you both. Well, Segal, I hope everyone will
2: download the report, report and read it.
1: Absolutely. Some really, really good advice in there. Sagal, thank you so much for joining us from overseas. It's been great to have you with us. John, it's been great to have you dialing in from Singapore as well. Um, a lot of effort's gone into the report. It is absolutely worth downloading uh, and a really, really important piece of output from, from 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 our brilliant healthcare life science committee. So thanks, thanks to you both so much for joining me today and just going through some of the things that have been brought out of this report and and, and some of the advice that's available there for business. It's been a it's, it's been a really really good conversation. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you for the opportunity to, get, uh,
1: to talk about this very important issue.
2: Thank you again on my side as well. And as a chairperson of the Healthcare and Life Science Committee, I would really want to take to thank you, John, specifically for your huge contribution to this white paper and to every different team member of this committee who have contributed so much and made this something I'm very, very proud of. And I hope many Singaporeans and many businesses will enjoy they will hopefully find it insightful, but also very useful to drive change and, and really impact Singapore in a better way.
0: Thank you for tuning into this episode of the British Chambers podcast. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe. And why not leave us a rating and review on Spotify, Apple, Google and the other podcast platforms. For more information, please visit our website at www britcham.org.sg and tune in next time for a brand new episode.